get comfortable with you're not perfect. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, pros. <laughs> you would just hurt a few people that were under the impression that they were so perfect. Oh, and P.S. You can't control everything, but what you can do is show up and lead with the best intentions. And people, your people, your clients, your employees, your business partners, they will find you. And then, sorry, I'll say this last one. Some people aren't your people. Yeah, that's a hard one to swallow. <laughs> Especially when you want them to be. You do. You I struggle do. with like, but why don't they like me? I'm such a likable person. <laughs> and I think you are likable. And here's what I'll say. Let's be honest. Okay, now we're going to get into it. Sometimes the people that don't like you don't like themselves. And because they don't like themselves, we deflect our insecurities. So we don't share the information because we think we can't lose our position or we haven't fully resolved someone gave us bad feedback. And so we pass that hurt onto the next person. It's very simple. Hurt people hurt people. People don't like you. Don't take that on because there's work that they have to do. Welcome to Events Demystified Podcast, where we explore and demystify the world of in-person, virtual, hybrid event AV production and technology by sharing insightful tips, tricks and tactics to make your events a success. This podcast is brought to you by TreeFan Events, a woman-owned boutique event production agency. And your host is Anka Trifan, a technical event planner and producer with almost two decades of hands-on technical experience in event production. Well, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Events Demystify Podcast, your one-stop shop for tangible, technical, and planning advice for anyone in the events industry. Today's episode is sponsored by Trifan Events, a woman-owned boutique production agency that provides the strategy, technology, and gear to host a successful virtual, hybrid, or in-person event. And I am your host, Anka Trifan. As we continue highlighting some amazing women behind the scenes and in front of scenes in events and event productions, on the show with me today, I have a boss lady that I've been the biggest fan of since I met her during one of the events that I was producing, a self-made entrepreneur recognized for her work in the event industry, as well as someone that has rooted for causes in social equality as it pertains to women, health, and race identity. My feature guest today, Melvala Joy Legrand, a public speaker, event producer, director, community activist, and writer. As the founder and CEO of La Joy Plans, an event planning firm that she relaunched in 2019, Melva has been recognized as a trailblazer in the event industry, landing her a coveted spot on Beast Bashes to 2022 Industry Innovators List 2021 Beast Bash 500 Awards and a position on the advisory board for its 2021 Event Experience Awards. Most recently, Malva won the 2022 Event Industry Council Global Social Impact Award for her commitment to diversity, equity, and inclusion within the industry. Recognized nationally for her taught leadership, Melva has lent her expertise to topics surrounding sexual assault, Alzheimer's, and 
dementia and entrepreneurship. You can learn more of her outstanding accomplishments by following the links in the episode notes. On a personal level, Melva is known for her love of people, her high energy, culinary event experiences, unique laugh, creativity, and her tenacious work ethic. When not planning events, Melva can be found doing life, including traveling adventures with her beloved husband, Emmanuel. And today she is right here with us. So without further ado, let's welcome our guest in. Welcome to the show, Meva. What a joy to have you with me today. Oh, I love that. And I have to say, bravo on the last name. You nailed it. <laughs> it is Melvin Joy Legrand, and my husband would be so happy. So thank you. Oh, thank you. I was like, shoot, I forgot to ask Melva how to pronounce her last name. And here we go again. <laughs> well, Melva. It's been a minute since I've met you in person. I think I was at one of Connect Marketplace's events. I was behind the scenes uh, on the BizBash stage, and that's where I met you. I think it was Detroit, I believe. And it was Detroit. Yes, and it's so good to have you with me on the air today. How have you been? It's been a minute. <laughs> well, I can say thankfully, and first of all, let me just say you're pretty amazing um, with everything that you're doing. Uh, production aside, I mean, your wellness regimen, you need a podcast for that because I've been <laughs> following that. But to keep us on topic, how have I been? So I have been, no pun intended, filled with a lot of joy in my professional life. The business LaJoy Plans, we just finished a rocking fall event season in October. Specifically, we had 17 events. So, you know, I, I really can't complain and complaining doesn't work anyway. So it's just been a, a really, really good time for us doing what we love to do, which is mission-focused events. I also write and produce commercials for some of our clients. I've had a chance to do a little more speaking for BizBash. So all is well and good. I love it. Well, just from your introduction, we know that you kick ass big time, okay? So in order for our audience, I guess, to catch a glimpse behind the scenes of your awesomeness, of your upbringing in the event industry, would you take us on a short journey of how you got here? And most importantly, what keeps you in events management in this beautiful career that you called it the love and joy of your professional life? It absolutely is. And thank you for the opportunity to share more of my story. So to take you back 20 plus years, my first career was actually in education. And pretty quickly, I realized that that wasn't my authentic space. And so through a family friend, I sought out different opportunities. And one of those opportunities was with a radio station in D.C., which is where I'm based and where I'm from, to start as the lowest of the lowest of the lowest level assistant in the promotion department, doing stage management, working the green room, all of the things. And even though I was, do we want to say underpaid? <laughs> and the hours were long, I loved it. I loved it. And so I used that opportunity to ask myself, how can I make this into a thriving career? 
And so after that, I found that for me, I wanted to merge education, nonprofit mission work with logistics. And so I started working with nonprofit after nonprofit after nonprofit, and then eventually developed the business, which I relaunched, as you said, in 2019, and the rest is really history. I think for me, to your second point, what keeps me in this industry is a couple of things. One, I am always challenged by by the ability to be creative, be innovative. It never gets boring, ever. And then the second thing that keeps me in this industry, and I think this may resonate with a lot of people, is us. Our events industry, the people, the relationships, the sheer talent is mind-boggling. I love us. I love the planners. I love the producers. I love the florists. I love us. And I guess I just want to be a part of this community because it feels like my people. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yes. Yes. And when I met you in person, I can testify to your exuberant joy and love of the people. You know, I knew, I think sometimes you just have that connection with some people that you're like, they're my people. Like this is one person that I really want to meet. I want to know more about their story. I want to know more what they're made of. And that's how like my journey to starting to getting to get to know you and follow you on LinkedIn and stalk you on LinkedIn. And I'm like, I love every post she, she posts. I'm like, what else is not to love about Melva? <laughs> Well, you know, the thing is, here's what I'll say for everybody. I think, right, we spend a lot of our time trying to find our people and trying to find our thing. And I'm lucky that I found my people and I found my thing. So when people experience me, you are experiencing the result of the work that took years to get to this place. I know who I am. I know what I like to do. I know what I'm not good at. And so when you interact with me, you're getting the raw and the real. Because I'll talk about all the good stuff, but I'm not afraid to talk about all of the mistakes. Oh, and I made some great ones, by the way. So I think because for me, this is my authentic space, I hope people feel that. And I love, I think the most is that connection to the raw and the real and the authentic, because I gravitate personally towards people that are real and are honest and are the same way like me, not, not afraid to admit, yeah, I've done some really amazing things, but I've also made a few mistakes along the way. And I've learned a few lessons along the way. And I can't wait to touch in that on that topic with you soon here, because if there's anything that anybody that's coming into the industry maybe should be left with is the fact that we're all going to make mistakes. Nobody is out there perfectly have done their career in events and have not made a mistake because if you say so, I don't personally connect with you or believe you because that's just not the case. There's so many things that are just out of our control and it doesn't even have to be your fault, but something will happen where you're just going to have to navigate through. And I think just one of your recent posts that you had really connected 
connected with me on that. But before we tap into that, here's one thing that I want to ask you, because you have such a powerful story of resilience. You are someone that has gone through some really hard stuff, domestic abuse, rape survivor, and that is powerful stuff that it took a long time, that healing journey that you mentioned to become who you are now, to know who you are. That took decades to complete. And without triggering any of the painful memories that I know they could be still associated with such a traumatic experience. And I know that you have also devoted a lot of your current life and all your volunteering towards speaking about life after abuse, because you fully believe that there is a rich, vibrant life post-trauma as you're living it right now. And I've experienced that, as you mentioned, when people experience you, they experience you post-trauma and you're living this life to the richest ability that you're able to. What are some of the resources that anyone in need might be able to connect with that you can recommend firsthand? Absolutely. And thank you for being willing to bring up such an important topic. And so first and foremost, I want to say to any of my fellow survivors that the story is ongoing. So if you can hear my voice, if you are listening to this podcast, your story is still evolving, but we all need support. And so outside of friends, and I hope you have great friends and family, I highly recommend that you tap into the Rape and Incest Network's free resources. Their acronym is R-A-I-N-N because your story as a survivor is not the end. And so for me personally, I my healing journey consisted of therapy, which I recommend, family and friend support, but also those community resources that are complementary because younger in my career, I didn't have the financial resources to do some of those more expensive things. But I just want every survivor listening to hold on. It gets better. Thank you so much for mentioning that. And I will have the link to the organization that you are such a proud supporter of because it has been something that it was so helpful to you in your time of need. So we can offer that as a resources for anyone that is in need of. Now, piggybacking a bit on the same question, what is some of the learned advice on overcoming some of the life and business hardships that you had to overcome? Do you have any advice for any Anyone that might be going through it, you know, post-COVID and this pre-recession time that we're dabbling through. <laughs> I'm like, how much time do you have? Okay. <laughs> so I will say a couple of things. And I need to be clear that, and you said it in the intro, but just to, to identify with your folks, when I say self-made, Melville Joy didn't come from a trust fund, doesn't have investors, didn't get a government loan. And Melville Joy's business is doing okay. It's actually doing better than okay. And so how does that happen? My advice to everyone listening is number one, relationships, relationships, relationships. And when I say relationships, I am not talking about the way in which, and DC is known for this, the transactional, hey, I do this, what do you do? Oh, let's get to, I'm talking about building relationships, planting a seed that may take years 
to really blossom. An example of that for me would be, we just entered into a contract with an organization where I met the CEO in a different position 10 years ago. So I would tell anyone, be in the business of authentically showing up and connecting with people. So now you're gonna say, well, I can't wait 10 years. And I say, I hear you. (laughs) So my second piece of advice would be, do not wait for anyone to start what is in you. So if you have a business idea, you don't have all of the resources for the website for this or that. If all you've got is you, I need you to start. And I need you to start whether that is sending out emails to people in your friend group to connect you with people. I need you to go to free networking events. I need you to be so relentless and hungry. And if you say to me, well, I don't know if I can do it. Yes, you can. In 2019, when I relaunched, my team jokes that I was O-U-T, I was out. I must have gone to 50, 60 events and I didn't have it all together. Just start. So one, relationships, and two, just start. And if that relationship building is a continuous process and continuous progress, then something that you started 10 years ago will certainly blossom right now. This is what I'm telling you. Here's the thing. I forget who said it. I think it's Maya Angelou who said, people will remember how you make them feel, right? So let's be honest. We all have bad days and maybe we shouldn't have said the thing. But on the flip side, if you showed up and 90% of the time you were being kind, you were being sincere, you were being a light in the world, the light comes back. And all you have to do is look outside and know that every day when we go to sleep, what happens? The sun rises. So if you are putting light out there, it comes back to you. It is inevitable. Just look at the sun. I love it. I also love some of your LinkedIn posts where you do share some of that real raw and sometimes (laughs) unglamorous side of events and things and even people, you know, many of your learned life lessons and wisdom. And personally, I completely agree with you. We all learn to trial and error and anyone that call themselves a leader, but they don't share their learnings, even when some of them could be embarrassing, you know, because we've all had a few of those humbling experiences, as I mentioned earlier, Those leaders miss on the opportunity of teaching and training the next generation and leaving an impact. That honestly, for me, is something that keeps me up at night, you know? So talking about hard learned lessons, what was the hardest lesson that you've uh, learned in your business thus far? And how has learning this lesson helped you become a better entrepreneur today? So I talked a little bit about this in LinkedIn recently, but I'm going to take it a different step. So the hardest thing that I have learned as a, and I know a lot of people feel me on this type A, people pleaser, all of the things, ooh, we want to be perfect, is to realize that it's impossible. It is impossible to please every single client. It is impossible to be at 100%. It is impossible. And what that lesson, when you first get your bad review or your tough feedback or something where you gave your all and it didn't hit the mark for the person, I think the blessing of that is that it humbles you. And I think In business, if you want to stay in business, you need to be humbled. 
because we need to be of a posture of willing to learn. So what I would tell someone is once you let go of the fact that you cannot be perfect, then you can start to take on how can I approach my work with the best of intentions? the most positive intentions, right? And what from that instance where I missed the mark, what should I take? Now, once you take the lesson, here's the key part. Some people get burned or they get that review and they're like, oh my God, I can never, ever. Actually, you can, you learn from it, you own your part if you had a part and then you move on. But that's what I would say. The hardest lesson is to realize that all of us, if you're lucky, if you're in business and you're working hard, sometimes you will fall short and that's actually not the end. I think what I said in my LinkedIn post, but I know this to be true, is if you're in your authentic space, I'm in my authentic space, you're in yours, the path you're on is going to have bumps, it's going to have twists and turns, but you'll never not get where you're supposed to be. If you keep at it. If you keep at it. The minute you give up on yourself is the minute that you let that blip on a radar control what is already yours. And there is no, for me, there is no person, there is no circumstance where I'm willing to relinquish my destiny. But you got to get comfortable with, you're not perfect. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, pros. (laughs) We just heard a few people that were under the impression that they were so perfect in all their dealings. With all the things. Oh, and P.S., You can't control everything. I mean, like I could go on and on and on, but what you can do is show up and lead with the best intentions and people, your people, your clients, your employees, your business partners, they will find you. And then, sorry, I'll say this last one. Some people aren't your people. Yeah, that's a hard one to swallow, (laughs) especially when you want them to be. You do. I struggle with like, but why don't they like me? I'm such a likable person. (laughs) Well, and I think you are likable. And here's what I'll say. Let's be honest. Okay. Especially with women. Now we're going to get into it. And yes, I promise this is tea in my cup. Okay. So here's what I'll say. Cheers to that. Cheers, Dante. Here's what I'll say. Sometimes the people that don't like you don't like themselves. And because they don't like themselves, particularly women or female identifying individuals, we deflect our insecurities. So we don't share the information because we think we can't lose our position or we haven't fully resolved someone gave us bad feedback. And so we pass that hurt onto the next person. It's very simple. Hurt people hurt people. People don't like you. Don't take that on because there's work that they have to do. And I had to learn that the hard way where I had to let go certain people that I really, really wanted to make them my friends and all the effort, all the intentions, it just didn't work. And I had to let go of that desire and agree with what you just said. It's not the right timing and the work that they need to do, as well as some of the work that I need to do has to happen first before we can cross that bridge again. But it's so hard in a moment because you're 
like, but look, I'm doing all those things. And those are good things. How could they not like it? You know, so I totally could go on a tangent on this. But let's come back to the next episode. Totally. But you know, something that also you said, you mentioned how I fit this journey should, you know, have its own podcast, probably in another real time zone where or maybe dimension where I have more time on my hands, which probably not going to happen in this lifetime. But you know, for me personally, something that has helped me grow so much as a person, but also in my business has been this journey that I went on. And there were so many lessons and parallels that I could draw. Because when you put yourself outside of the comfort zone, and you start enlarging your capacity, especially in fitness, where you have to show up, muscle won't just pop up on anyone if they just sit on the couch and enjoy their, you know, kessel. not gonna happen, you have to show up. So the same way in business, as you just mentioned, you have to show up. Sometimes I might not do my best rap session, I might not feel all the energy and the power and the strength. But if I still show up day after day after day, taking that over, you know, a period of time, I have seen the results. So putting that into a perspective in business, how much more doing your intentional reaching out and talking to people and being kind and networking will help you in the long run if you just keep at it and stay consistent. And something that it has spoken to me more than anything else, because I'm one of those people that learn from like, got to do it yourself. I got to do my own mistakes and learn from my own mistakes. How easy would it be if I could learn from somebody else's mistakes? Not me, unfortunately. So coming back to the question that related to hardest lessons, I want to ask you what has stepping out of your comfort zone look like for you in pursuing your professional goals and dreams? And is that something that you can maybe give an example or evolve on? And if it's worth mentioning? Oh, it's always worth mentioning. (laughs) Stories for days. So 2020 was going to be the best year I had ever had in my life. And everything went away. After I sat in that and grieved and picked myself up, I had to do different things. So here's the example. I mentioned earlier that I started ghostwriting and doing commercials. Well, that's the gift that COVID gave me. And to be clear, the commercials that I ghostwrite are outside of our sector. And so often I am reading, researching, tapping into my education background to deliver a product in somebody else's voice. And I remember the first time, you know, the first time you sell someone on your service and you're like, well, for me, I had sold someone that I could do this and I was freaked out because I had never done it before. I mean, I felt like, okay, I'm smart. And yeah, I can, I can figure it out. <laughs> I can figure it out. But what I will say about that is there was a moment right before we were getting ready to film and my stomach was like grumbling and I was sweating in ways that nobody should sweat. And then we started. And that's when I knew this is a new space for me. But I had to push through the discomfort and P.S. take a really long shower afterwards. But I had to push through the discomfort. And so I think for me, another thing that keeps me in the industry is finding those spaces that make me uncomfortable and doing it anyway. Because I think that Since you and I have both been in the industry for two plus decades and we're looking fantastic. 
Oh, or 25 you know? or 25. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think that's part of the journey. So for if you're an emerging professional, what I would say is do the stuff that makes you uncomfortable. And if you're someone who's mature like you and I, I think you do the stuff that makes you uncomfortable because that is how you're constantly going to learn or grow. I think yeah. if you stay where you are, you probably either get bored and you might even get sloppy because there's no challenge. Yeah. But that that's the gift that COVID, I think, if we look at that awful time, what can you glean? It made all of us, or let me speak for myself, it made Melville Joy do things differently. Yep. And that's why another reason we connected so well, because we are two of those crazy people that would put ourselves in some crazy situations taken outside of our comfort zone. And I completely agree with you. That's how you grow. That's how you grow your capacity. And that's how you challenge yourselves. And this year, starting 2020, like you said, I have mm -hmm. made it a point to do something new every year that I've never done before. And some of those things I was like, what was I thinking? Now that I started, I can stop because also another thing is if I start something, I cannot not finish it. So there you go. I got myself into this. I got to dig myself out of it too. <laughs> but the lessons learned so precious. So I'm totally with you on that. And as we're going to come back to this conversation, Melba, hold that thought because I'm just going to take a brief, brief moment to acknowledge our podcast sponsor and supporter, and we will be right back to continue our fascinating conversation. Before we move any further, I wanted to give a quick shout out to our main sponsor, Trifan Events, which is a boutique event planning and production agency that will come alongside you, offering personalized event planning and technical support, strategic event design, production and technology management, and flawless execution for live, virtual, and hybrid events. The team at Trifan Events is passionate about planning and producing event experiences that get people involved with true moments of interaction, engagement, and co-creation, while offering white glove treatment throughout the entire planning process, enabling you to reach your event goals with the use of creativity, production tools, and event technology. And on how Trifun Events can plan and produce your event become memorable, go to trifunevents.com. And we are back with our fabulous, kick-ass, <laughs> wonderful guest, Melvala Joel Legrand. And I am so happy to have you on the air. And as we continue our conversation, which we have started about all the things and especially challenges and resilience and hardship and growing your capacity and putting yourself out of comfort zone, here's one thing I want to touch on because in a recent study that I just read somewhere, and I'm going to have to find the source and put it in the episode notes for anyone else that's curious, it has been mentioned and it was revealed that 85% of the overall events that are produced in our industry and are planned and organized, they are done by females. But those females, unfortunately, are not the ones in leading roles. And in light of that, what do you think could be done to change the current status quo and give more opportunities to women to embrace more leadership roles within the industry or make it more attractive for women to 
flourish in the behind the scenes or front of scenes and even in you know roles that are not technically you know women friendly like production heavy fields that I personally you know I struggle with finding more women to call my tribe and I've been on a search for it this year more than any other year before. So I think a couple of things. I think we need more episodes like this to show that there are spaces and places and ways in which women contribute in only a way a woman or female identifying person can, period, full stop. But second, I think if you are a woman or female identifying person and you are in a position to mentor, if you are in a position to speak at some of our industry events, if you are in any position where another person, another woman person can see you, or even better, if they are qualified and you can hire them, we've got to bring each other along. We can't just sit in our positions and say, this is my position and it's only for me. We've got to bring other women and female identifying people along. And we have to normalize what we know to be true. I would love to see that data source you mentioned. We are everywhere. We've always been everywhere. We are thoughtful. We are dynamic. We are patient. Oh my God, we're so patient. And so we need to normalize that which we possess as the women in leadership. But then also the last piece. So more of this, more of this fabulous podcast, bring others along. And then third for my men, I need you to see us. I don't know how you can't see us, but in case you can't, I need you to see us, seek us out, be an ally with us consider us not because we're female. It's kind of the same debate, like hire me because I'm black. No, don't hire me because I'm black. Don't hire me because I'm female. Hire me because I'm excellent. Yeah. And so for our male leaders, I need you to give us access because we're doing excellent work. That's what I would say. Absolutely. And, you know, sometimes that type of competent, capable women that come along and sometimes it makes some of the male, you know, insecure. And it's a reality that it's true in our industry. It's not talked about a whole lot, but it's there. I've rubbed, you know, shoulders with many people and men in positions of power that were certainly feeling insecure the moment a woman comes in and can do the same amount of work and sometimes even better at a different quality and especially with more attention to detail because I feel like if anything we really shine in that capacity to be able to pay attention to the whole scope and the whole work and figure out where are the places that we're missing things or we're missing something because we have not paid attention to the details of the whole operation not just as a a macro view but also a Mm -hmm. microscopic view into Mm -hmm. each one of those areas. And that can be logistically on the planning side, on the production side and all the sides. Right. And I, you know, I couldn't agree more. So in a way, you know, having those allies is certainly going to hopefully open up more opportunities for female identifying persons and women in our industry. And I've seen, honestly, you know, with this podcast, it's funny because I see the result 
in some of the interactions that I have with some of the vendors and partners that I work with, where before, if they only hired guys on their production team, I'm seeing women popping up out of nowhere. And I'm like, could it be that there's actually a change happening? Not that it's all, you know, putting it on me, but the fact that we bring awareness and we talk about and we are relentless when it comes to talking about, there might be some movement happening. And that makes me happy. Even if I wasn't the one, you know, to contribute to that particular decision, the fact that we're talking about it and the fact that it's kept front taught in our industry, I see the change and that brings me joy. That basically makes my heart leap. Even if some of the people that are doing it, you know, I see it done even in spite. I'm like, it doesn't matter. (laughs) I'm still going to take it, you know? So piggybacking on the previous question, from your point of view, what are then some of the unknown opportunities for women and female identifying people that, and also people of color that maybe want to pursue a career in our field and don't know where to start or what would be the best place to tap into resources? And then on the flip side, maybe let's touch on some of the things that women should know before entering the industry to begin with. So in terms of career paths, and this is not because I'm on this podcast, it just so happens to fit. I believe that entering into production is one of the best experiences someone can have. That's how I started. I think also I would say entering in via catering is another great entree because here's the thing. The hours are long. The expectations are high. It is a high stress, can't fail environment, and you're refining your skills at such a rapid pace. So I would encourage, I would love to see more female technical directors. I would love to see more female directors of food and beverage, because I think those skills, those customer service skills in technology, like anybody who's looking at the future, you need to get familiar with technology. So I would say that. Now, for my ladies who are entering into the industry, oh, there's a lot of things I would say, but here's a few things. Number one, I would say that you should feel comfortable. I did not always, but you should feel comfortable in advocating for yourself. I think we're at a time where it's no longer about being aggressive or all of those words that just really don't matter or would be a positive attribute for a man. I think you should advocate for yourself. So advocating for yourself could mean you don't take the first salary they offer. Advocating for yourself, and this is for my new mothers, could mean that you talk about what accommodations, because guess what? Mothers need accommodations and should have it because I wouldn't be here and neither would probably the person you're talking to. Everybody has a mother, right? So I would say don't be afraid to advocate for yourself. Number two, and I wish someone would have told me this early on, I would say be like a sponge. Learn everything and learn from everyone. And by everyone, I mean, I have had some tough, horrible bosses. Guess what? I learned what not to do. 
I've had some amazing bosses. I've learned what to do, right? And then number three, I would say, because I like things in threes, to my previous point, I think you do have to find your ally and or mentor. Now, your ally mm-hmm. could be a fellow female colleague, but I also think we have to get comfortable with having allies that don't look or identify as we do because they can bring a different perspective. I almost think there's a friend of mine, her name is Kay, who talks about developing early in your career a professional advisory board. Do that and do it with people who aren't from where you're from, aren't in the part of the industry you're from and don't have your gender identity. Put Mm -hmm. yourself, going back to another point, in uncomfortable situations, but never ever, ooh, ladies, ooh, I could go on and on. Never, ever shrink yourself because of somebody else's insecurity or their smallness. If anything, I'm a loud talker. I'm like all of the things. Be that. Be whatever your version of big is. Be that. And don't ever apologize for it. That was fire. I wish I had some fire emojis to throw on the screen. I love it. I love it. You know, it has to be said. I remember in the beginning of my career, I was consistently struggling, again, type A personality, with being too much or being not enough. And I was like, where do I find my place? Like, because I can be both those things at the same time. And yet it's still me. And I would get feedback from some of the guys that I'm just too much to deal with. I'm like, but this is me. And unfortunately, this is what you got. And I'm going to bring it all to the table, all the good and the bad and the ugly and the good, all of it. Because if I am to be a full package, I have to admit to the things that I'm really good at. Those are the things that I'm maybe... Is that somebody coming? (laughs) It's part of the recording. Welcome to the life of events virtually and recordings done virtually. I was like... It's something happening in your side of the world where we totally. have to, we have to hide, have to find capital. <laughs> but I was with you, fire, bring, bring all there of There you go. Yes. Absolutely. 100% show up as your true self and your authentic self. And some of that, you know, can be a little bit of rawness attached to it. But like you said, do the work, heal and go to therapy if you need therapy and go and enter a bodybuilding competition and learn all the lessons do the work because the moment you do all of that you're going to show up not just as you know your true self but also your healed self and i think there's so much beauty and joy that exudes out of someone that has done the work as i've experienced myself meeting you now since we're coming to an end here because time what can we do about that and i just loved every bit of this fantastic conversation that we've had so far, Melva. However, in closing, especially approaching the end of the year, and for that, for many folks, that just means a time of self-reflection and evaluation and going over all the things and the things that they might want to do in the future, things that might not. What is one piece of advice that you would give to a fellow entrepreneur, female identifying person that is also a leader, event producer, all the people in the industry that are looking back over 2022 was, and it feels like a roller coaster to me. What is one piece of advice that you want to leave them with? 
So here's what I'll say. I want everyone to know this to be true. You are enough. You are enough. That's the sentence. That's the statement. That's the affirmation. And as we get into the holidays, whatever time you take off, P.S., you should take time off. I think you should, for yourselves, clarify what is your truth, what is your North Star. Because when you know what is your truth or North Star, you'll make decisions based on that reality. Which means in 2023, you will take on projects that align with your truth. You may have to sunset some relationships because they're not in aligned with your truth. But just know that even if there's twists and turns, even if you find yourself entering into the new year with different projects, different people, or you're just flat out confused, you are enough. And our only job, I think, on this earth is to live in our truth, serve people along the way, and on our best days, be kind and extend grace. That's what I'd say. And friends, you can join Melvala Joy's church anytime soon because that was the sermon that you must have at the end of 2022. <laughs> Thank you so much, Melva, for sharing your insightful tips and all the things that you've learned and some of those lessons. You know, they're not easy lessons. I don't think you can actually earn wisdom from easy lessons. That's my take on that. So for our audience that would love to connect with you and stay in touch with you and just experience more of you, where can they do that? So there's two primary places to be in community with me. The first is on Instagram. I am at BeLaJoyful, B-E-L-A-J-O-Y-F-U-L. And then on LinkedIn, there is only one Melvilla Joy Lagon. So send me an invite. Let me know that you heard from me here and let's start to build something real. I love it. Okay, friends. Well, this is it for today's episode. This conversation today with Melva was powerful emoji fire on the screen. And I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. I hope you learned a thing or two about Melva and all the things that she's passionate about. Thank you so much, Melva, for this time together. Thank you to anyone that has listened all the way till the end. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast and also stay tuned for what's coming up next. Our next episode will air on Friday. Thank you, Melva. I hope you have a wonderful holiday season and I will see you on LinkedIn. <laughs> I love that. Happy holidays, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Events Demystified podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please take a moment to review it, rate it, and share it with other event professionals that could benefit from it. Connect with us on social at Events Demystified Podcast. We would love to hear from you and what you're up to. If you'd like to learn more about Tree Fan Event Services and find out if we're a good fit in supporting your event, can we help your event be successful with a 20-minute free consultation? Link in the episode's notes. Thanks for tuning in. 